Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is focused on providing our listeners with an up-to-date overview of Kenya's financial markets. However, due to the interconnected nature of the global economy, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to provide you with a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the major markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That's why I created the Market Color podcast to collate and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This podcast may also be useful to fund managers and investors, professionals in the financial services sector, business owners and leaders, as well as Kenyans in the diaspora looking for investment opportunities back at home. This week, we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan markets during the 39th week of 2022, that is from Monday the 26th to Friday the 30th of September. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We kick off our global review in the Eurozone, where inflation hit a new record high of 10% in the month of September, and this was up from 9.1% in August and was above consensus expectations of 9.7%. Energy prices rose 41% year-on-year, up from 38% in August, while food, alcohol, and tobacco prices increased by about 12%. However, core inflation, which excludes food and energy prices, climbed 4.8% on the year, as economists predict that the situation will get worse before it gets better. The British pound plunged to a record low on Monday following last week's announcement by the new UK government that it would implement tax cuts and investment incentives to boost growth. Sterling briefly fell 4% to an all-time low of 1.0382 as the US dollar continues to strengthen. The central bank and the government appear to be pulling in different directions as the Bank of England fights inflation, while the UK government tries to stimulate the economy. This divergence in policy and the lack of commitment to fiscal discipline compounded by a stronger dollar is the main reason why the pound is weakening sharply. Staying in the UK, the Bank of England suspended the planned start of its bond selling program and will instead begin buying long-dated bonds in order to calm the market's volatility, which was unleashed by the new government's so-called mini-budget. 
Yields on UK government bonds recorded their sharpest monthly rise since at least 1957 as investors fled British fixed income markets following the new fiscal policy announcements. The measures include unfunded tax cuts that have been criticized even by the International Monetary Fund. Across the Atlantic, the Fed's preferred measure on inflation showed that inflation in August was stronger than expected despite the Fed's efforts to bring down prices. The Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, excluding food and energy, rose 0.6% in the month of August. And on a year-over-year basis, core inflation increased by 4.9% up from 4.7% the previous month. Including food and energy, the headline inflation number increased 0.3% in the month of August. Friday marked the last day of the month and the third quarter as the stock market plummeted in a choppy trading session as Wall Street closed out a terrible week, month and quarter. The third quarter saw the Dow Jones close below 29,000 for the first time since November 2020. The Dow fell 500 points or 1.7% to 28,725. The Nasdaq Composite was 1.5% lower, ending the day at 10,575. Meanwhile, the S&P 500 was down 1.5% falling to 3,585 and closing out its worst month since March 2020. For the month of September, the Dow Jones tumbled 8.8%, while the S&P fell 9.3%, and the Nasdaq lost 10.5%. In the U.S. bond market, Treasury yields rose during a volatile trading week that saw the yield on the benchmark 10-year note rise to a 14-year high, of 3.814%. The policy-sensitive two-year Treasury yield rose to 4.264%. Market concerns about the Fed's commitment to fighting inflation and the potential for future interest rate hikes have been weighing down on the bond market. In the commodities market, oil prices were on track for their first weekly gain in the past five underpinned by the possibility that OPEC Plus will cut oil production when it meets on Wednesday, the 5th of October. OPEC Plus is considering cutting output by between 500,000 to 1 million barrels per day. Brent crude fell 29 cents to $88.20 per barrel, while the U.S. benchmark, West Texas Intermediate, declined 51 cents to trade at $80.72 per barrel. Marburn oil, which Kenya imports, decreased to $88.54 per barrel, compared to $92.48 the previous week. In the gold market, the price of gold rose to a one-week high as the dollar corrected from recent highs. However, despite the rebound, bullion was still headed towards its worst quarter since March 2021, driven by fears of impending interest rate hikes by the U.S. Federal Reserve. 
spot gold rose 1.4% during the week to $1,661 per ounce. However, gold was down 7.7% for the quarter, which means that gold has now declined for six consecutive months. The high inflation environment is the main reason why the Fed has been so aggressive in hiking interest rates. This, in turn, has dented investment appetite for gold because investors are no longer looking at gold as a proper safe haven asset. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets. The Central Bank of Kenya's Monetary Policy Committee met on Thursday, the 29th of September, against a backdrop of increased volatility in financial markets, resulting from geopolitical tensions and persistent inflationary pressures that have pushed the world's major central banks to hike interest rates aggressively. The MPC reviewed the outcomes of its previous decisions, the measures implemented to mitigate the adverse economic impact, and highlighted the following observations. Overall inflation increased to 8.5% in August 2022 from 8.3% in July, mainly due to increases in food and fuel prices. The economy remained resilient, supported by the services sector, despite subdued performance in agriculture and a weaker global economy. The private sector market perception survey revealed stronger optimism about business activity and economic prospects for 2022. The optimism was attributed to positive sentiments and renewed investor confidence following the peaceful conclusion of the general elections. The survey of the agriculture sector revealed that prices of some food items declined due to increased supply as a result of improved weather conditions. The export of goods has remained strong, growing by 11% in the 12 months to August, while the imports of goods increased by 21% for the same period, mainly due to the increased price of crude oil. The inflow of remittances totaled $3.99 billion in the 12 months to August, which was 15% higher compared to the same period in 2021. Meanwhile, the current account deficit was estimated at 5.2% of gross domestic product in the 12 months to August and is projected at 5.9% of GDP for the full year 2022. The central bank's foreign exchange reserves currently stand at $7.41 billion. That is equivalent to 4.18 months of import cover and continues to provide an adequate buffer against any short-term shocks in the foreign exchange market. The banking sector remained stable and resilient with strong liquidity and capital adequacy ratios. The ratio of gross non-performing loans to total loans stood at 14.2% in August 2022, as banks have continued to make adequate provisions for their non-performing loans. 
Growth in private sector credit stood at 12.5% in the month of August as the number of loan applications and approvals remained strong, reflecting improved demand with increased economic activity. The committee noted the elevated global risks and their potential impact on the domestic economy, which is experiencing sustained inflationary pressures, and concluded there was scope for tightening of monetary policy in order to further anchor inflation expectations. In view of these developments, the Monetary Policy Committee decided to raise the central bank rate from 7.5% to 8.25%. In news related to the central bank, during the past week, the central bank of Kenya transferred 4 billion shillings to the government's consolidated fund as dividend distribution for the financial year 2021-2022. Concurrently, the central bank also increased its paid-up capital from 35 billion shillings to 38 billion shillings. The latest data on inflation shows that overall inflation in the month of September increased to 9.2% from 8.5% in the month of August. This was on account of higher food and energy prices. Food inflation increased to 15.5% from 15.3%, while fuel inflation also increased to 11.7% from 8.6% due to a spike in fuel prices. Core inflation, that is non-food, non-fuel inflation, increased modestly to 3.4% in September, and this was up from 3.2% in August. On exchange rates over the past one week, the Kenyan shilling remained stable against major international and regional currencies. The Kenyan shilling was trading at 120.70 versus the US dollar and 128.15 versus the sterling pound and 115.63 versus the euro. And against the regional currencies, one Kenya shilling was changing for 32.06 Ugandan shillings, 19.32 Tanzanian shillings, and 8.76 Rwandese francs. Meanwhile, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at $7.42 billion. That is equivalent to 4.19 months of import cover, which meets the central bank's statutory requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover. However, we are now on the verge of breaching this limit as reserves have now declined from a peak of $8.81 billion recorded at the beginning of this year to the current level which is a decline of $1.39 billion in a period of just nine months. The provisional data on Kenya's balance of payment shows that the current account deficit was estimated at 5.2% of the gross domestic product in the 12 months to August 2022. The stable deficit is supported by receipts from service exports as well as diaspora remittances. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market improved significantly during the week as government payments exceeded and more than offset tax remittances. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the 5.25% 
cash reserve requirement stood at 13.4 billion shillings. Open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 5.5% compared to 5% the previous week. Open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 5.5% compared to 5% the previous week. During the week, the average value traded declined to 10.9 billion shillings from 30.7 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday the 29th of September and the central bank received bids totaling 9.3 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a dismal performance of just 39%. Interest rates on all the tenors remained unchanged from the previous week, with the 91-day rate at 8.95%, the 182-day rate at 9.63%, while the 364-day rate held steady at 9.90%. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange, during quarter three of 2022, the equities market was on an upward trajectory with the NASI, the NSC20 and the NSC25 gaining by 3.2%, 6.5% and 5% respectively. However, their year-to-date performance remained in the red with losses of 23% for the NASI, 10% for the NSC20 and 17% for the NSC25. The market's performance during the quarter was driven by gains recorded by large-cap banking stocks such as NCBA Bank, which skyrocketed by a whopping 28.4%, as well as ABSA and Standard Chartered, which were both up by 9.6%, while Cooperative Bank increased by 8.7%. The only blue-chip stock that recorded a loss was Bamburi, which declined by 0.7%. During the week under review, market capitalization declined by 4.4%, while equity turnover rose by 7%. And now we look at the topical issue for this week. And the topic this week is on the recommendation to government to adopt a zero-based budgeting. The Parliamentary Budget Office is now pushing the new government to adopt a zero-based budgeting approach with a view to cutting wasteful spending and dealing with the ever-increasing national debt. Zero-based budgeting is a radical approach to spending and requires that all budget items be recosted every two years. There is a feeling that most budget items are overinflated and hence the need to recost before commencing the budgeting process. If this new approach is adopted, then the current budget will have to be shelved and a new one crafted from scratch, with government ministries having to justify their expenses for this financial year. In April, the Treasury tabled a 3.3 trillion budget for the current financial year, with the government expected to raise 2.4 trillion shillings and to borrow the shortfall of 862 billion shillings to plug the deficit. In June, the 12th Parliament voted to increase the debt ceiling to 10 trillion shillings to allow the incoming administration to finance the current budget. 
Kenya's public debt stood at 8.56 trillion shillings as at May 2022. However, the Parliamentary Budget Office has warned that Kenya's public debt will hit a high of 9.4 trillion by June next year, leaving the country with a borrowing headroom of less than 600 billion shillings. According to the Parliamentary Budget Office, the only way forward for Kenya is to implement this four-step strategy. Number one, drastically reduce the uptake of any new or additional debt. Number two, cautiously cut spending to facilitate the repayment of existing debt. Number three, refinance, rollover, and restructure the outstanding debt. Number four, implement measured stimulus and incentive programs to drive faster economic growth. And in line with these recommendations, the president on Thursday announced a massive budget cut to the tune of 300 billion shillings in a bid to reduce the budget deficit and to avoid the prospect of borrowing to fund recurrent expenditure. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. For your information, in addition to our usual audio directories, that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, the Market Color Podcast is now available on YouTube. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. And to all our listeners, thank you for your continued support as the Market Color Podcast has now recorded over 1,000 downloads and it's all thanks to you. And as usual, I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And until then, stay safe and do all the good that you can. Thank you and God bless.